I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. When I would teach on prayer, I would teach people to use their spiritual imagination because it helps keep you focused in prayer. You know how sometimes when you're praying, your mind wanders? You're thinking about all kinds of things. Well, a really good practice is to to use your mind and use your mind and practice visualization. For example, sometimes I just, when I'm praying, I just pretend like, and I am, we are. Though we're absent in the flesh, we're present in the spirit. So I, I just picture myself at the feet of Jesus, and I'm just picturing his feet before me, and I'm just worshiping him and worshiping him and worshiping him, just like, who was it, Mary did? She anointed the feet of Jesus, and she was at his feet. Or you can, you know, go into the book of Revelations, and you could, you could, while you're praying, just look at the book of Revelations and use your spiritual imagination and imagine Jesus in the eyes of the book of Revelation. But here's what I want to share with you that I learned. I've been teaching on prayer all these years, how to develop intimacy with God, with Jesus in the secret place. And as a female teacher, I have a, we would have a tendency to feminize Jesus. Are you with me? Well, he's your husband. He's your friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's Jesus. He healed the sick. And I, in my mind, when I would picture him, I pictured him, you know, the Jesus that was, I don't know, like he had the long hair and he was full of compassion and he healed the sick. And I never really pictured him any other way till the Lord corrected me because there's all different facets and all different sides of Jesus. Are you listening? We're talking about using your spiritual imagination. It's a great tool when it comes to prayer. It'll help keep you focused. And when you use your spiritual imagination, it helps to keep you in that rhythm and in that flow and in that vein. And when you're in that rhythm and in that flow and in that vein, it helps to bring you into the deeper depths of prayer like Pastor was talking about which is travail and intercession where you're in that place of prayer and there's no thought of self. You're anointed by the Holy spirit to literally pray. And so I think that's what we're contending for. And I believe some things are caught rather than taught. And I just gave you a really big nugget. So I want you to learn how to, you know, use your spiritual imagination. One time I was in prayer and I just opened up my Bible and I just found the place where it was written, where, where the Martha and Mary were at the tomb of Jesus. 
And they came to the person and they said to the person, you know, where have you laid them? And I don't know, I just kept meditating on that scripture and I just kept feeling the presence and the purpose of Jesus in those scriptures and the love that they had for him. And that presence permeated my room as I was praying. So there's something, remember the Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. So the practice of visualization is a very powerful thing. As long as it's in the Bible and you stick with the Bible. And it helps keep you focused when you're in by yourself and praying and when you're in corporate settings like this. Because a lot of times when you're in corporate settings, you start picking up on all the static and all the things that's going on with everybody else, and it's a distraction. But how about if all of us used our spiritual imagination, we entered into that place of prayer where there was no thought of self, and we got into that rhythm and into that flow, how much more would God command his blessing in our prayer meetings? That was really good preaching. Thank you. Anyway, so one day I was praying with some friends of mine. We were praying about um, a family, and they had just lost their son. They found him, actually. He was laying on the couch, and he had died. And they came home. The mother and father found him. Very bad, very bad, traumatizing event. And so I said to my team, I said, we, I have to go over there, and I have to go to the house some morning. Have you ever ministered or counseled anybody that just lost a loved one, like, within hours? It's like they're completely, you can't, you're in shock. And so I said to my friends, come to my house. I'm going to be going over to the house. We're going to pray for the family. And so we started to pray for the family, the mother, the father, the brother. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story because I have only one point to make. And while I was standing there praying, I was actually walking and praying. You know, there's different postures of prayer. Sometimes if you're tired, it's a good idea to get up and start walking around. You walk around, you hook yourself up to the inside of you, you disengage from your mind, you just pray out of your heart. And if your body's tired, then get up and start walking around. I do that quite frequently. <laughs> anyway, so I was walking and praying, and, and all of a sudden I stopped. Not only did I see their son enter the gates of heaven, which was interesting, and he had his hat on backwards, and that's how he used to always wear his hat when he was a teenager and a young man. Interesting, isn't it, how the Holy Spirit will always guide you into all truth to bring comfort to those that mourn? It's not about us having a revelation. It's about comforting people, bringing comfort to them. And so I saw Justin going into the gates of heaven, very big, tall gates, and they had pearls on it. With his hat backwards, the gates opened up, and he walked in. And then all of a sudden, I'm standing like this, and Jesus appeared on my left. But he didn't appear like you and I see each other. You know, like I see you, like these eyes. I saw him. I don't know how I saw him, but I saw him standing next to me, like over here. And him and I were shoulder to shoulder. I didn't see his face. I always wanted to see his face, but anyway, I used my spiritual imagination wanted to see his face. 
Do you know that when Brother Hagin saw Jesus, when he appeared to him, you know what he said his eyes were like? His eyes were like liquid wells of love. He said when he looked into the eyes of Jesus, he could hardly stand it because the love and the wells of love were ran so deep in Jesus' eyes, he had to get on his knees and he fell on the floor and he just was just, just weeping. Sometimes I use that imagine, in my imagination. Sometimes if I need a boost in my prayer life, I read the book, I Believe in Visions, because he talks about his encounters with the risen Christ. You know, Jesus did appear to people and showed himself strong by many infallible proofs. He walked through walls. He appeared to the disciples. He appeared to Thomas, touched my hand. And the risen Christ has appeared to people. He's actually appearing to a lot of Muslim people. And they're getting saved. Because God has a strategy. And he has a plan. And he would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. One thing you have to remember about prayer is God's not holding anything back. He would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So he's waiting for you and I to just partner with him and agree with him. Ask for the Holy Spirit to manifest on the, on the sons and daughters who are not saved. And ask for God, listen, to send laborers across people's paths. Because the truth is we have not because we ask not. So you and I being partners and co-laborers together with Christ, we ask, he, he, we come into agreement with his will, and prayer opens up the door for God to work. We don't pray the problem. Please. We pray the answer. Or we ask. We don't pray the problem. You can acknowledge the problem. You know, Lord, you know, there's this, 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 and this. But don't stay in the problem. Move out of the problem and pray the answer. What's the answer? The word of God. Father, you said, you said, you shall decree a thing. It shall be established and the light will shine upon your ways. When men are cast down, you will say there is a lifting up. Amplified says he will even deliver the one who is not innocent. Yes, comma, he will be delivered by the pureness of your hands. And so what do we do as intercessors? We lay one hand on man, one hand on God. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We pull them up, Jude, out of the fires, and we set their feet upon a rock, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. In the realm of the spirit, we go in and we pull them up and we pull them out. But we do that because we're co-laboring together with God. And his will is already that they be saved. He already sent, it's already done. He already died, was buried, rose again from the dead. We just have to come into agreement and we just have to start, listen, putting pressure on the enemy. Intercession requires importunity. It's an asking and a demanding. It's an asking of God. You have not because you ask not. Ask for the rain and the time of the latter rain. All the scriptures on asking. You know what they are. You then being evil on how to give good gifts. How much will your father give the, the Holy Spirit? And they ask him. There's multiple scriptures on asking. But it's asking of God, but it's not demanding of God. 
we got to make sure we don't get all the rules mixed up. It's demanding of the devil that he take his hands off of that unsaved person, off of that nation, off of that whatever that thing is that you're praying for. You're demanding of the devil. I command you in the name of Jesus to take your hands off of so-and-so. I command you in Jesus' name to, and I bind you in Jesus' name, take your hands off of them. And then the enemy, a lot of times, you start really putting pressure on and meaning in the spirit. You start praying for somebody, guess what? Sometimes they get worse before they get better. Oh, my prayers aren't working. They're not working. They're not working. Yes, they are. They're getting worse. That means your prayers are working. Could you please explain that to me? I will. Thank you for asking. It's because we don't really understand everything about the spirit realm because we're walking in the natural, a lot of us. We're living more out of here than out of here. And that's why it's important to develop your heart and tune into your heart. But in the realm of the spirit, we don't always realize it, but demons have people. People, you know, people, they're wrapped around their neck. They're wrapped around their head. They're sitting on their shoulder. They're inside of, you know, a saved person cannot be demon possessed. Because possession is spirit, soul, and body. See what I'm saying? But a saved person can have satanic oppression. I mean, I've had it. Have you? Don't look at me in that tone of voice like you don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, just before we launched Kingdom Intercessors United, bringing churches together for for the purpose of prayer, I'm telling you, I'd wake up every morning and there was something sitting right here. Actually, almost like he or it was breathing down my face and down my neck. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd hear this, this, these thoughts. Oppression. Thoughts. Who do you think you are? Gathering people to prayer. Nobody's going to come to your prayer meetings. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? And with those thoughts came, I was so grieved in my spirit. That's a sign. That's not the thoughts of peace, but they're the thoughts of evil. It's the thoughts of the enemy. You're grieved in your spirit when you're getting thoughts. That's not from God. That's the enemy. That's the Holy Spirit giving you discernment. So I'd wake up in the morning. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes you feel like a lone ranger in some of the things you're doing. And and I'd wake up in the morning. I'd put the covers over my head. And, And I knew. And listen, I had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I had to walk through that warfare. I had to walk through it. And when I was just before the launch of our first Kingdom Intercessors United meeting, I I just got really quiet. Because when I'm in warfare season, I don't know what you want to call it. I just know the greater one is in me and that it was going to pass. I knew... That I just, first of all, I had to be quiet. I get really quiet. And then secondly, I knew once we launched that meeting, all the warfare is going to lift. Oh, can I add something else to the equation? My hair was falling out of my head. Okay. I had a big bald spot in the back of my head. Okay. And we were bringing in the cameras. 
We were getting it filmed. It was the launch of our very first one. We had so many churches that gathered at Joe Source's church. We had launched. It was an amazing meeting. Why? Because when God's about to do a new thing, when he sets before you an open door, the enemy's right there at the gate. So what did you do? I walked through it. I said, Lord, what am I going to do with this hair situation? We're bringing in the cameras. I forgot what I did, but I did something. My hair grew back. It grew back. The devil is a liar. That was, that was interesting. But anyway, getting back to... So anyway, people get worse before they get better because the devil knows he's got to leave. So he starts to struggle. And the Bible says... I would have you know what great conflict I have for you and them that are in Laodicea, as many as have not seen my seen me in the flesh. That word conflict means to A-G-O-N, it means to race against spiritual foes. So he said, I'm absent in the flesh, but I'm present with you in the spirit. Where was that conflict taking place? In intercession in prayer. It was a struggle. There was a contending. There was a war going on and the enemy didn't want to give it up. Here's another story. I'll get back to the Jesus that was next to me as soon as I'm released. Here's another story of intercession. I have someone that I'm very close to and I've always been marked to pray for them. Now he, he went home to be with the Lord in the last three years. But I was always, I was the spiritual daughter. I was always marked to pray for them. They were, they, were ministry, they were ministry leaders here in our region, major ministry leaders. And so I went to bed one night, went to sleep. And upon awakening, I had, I don't know what they are, vision, a dream, whatever it is. Because the Holy Spirit will give you prayer assignments in the night. In the night, when slumber and sleep comes upon us, and we're, our physical senses are suspended, and if he's been trying to get through to us during the day, and we're not listening, he's going to, I'm going to just, at night, I'm going to give him a dream. Are you listening? So I had a dream, and in the morning, it was upon awakening, and I saw this pastor. He really was an apostle. He was an apostle before it was popular to be an apostle nowadays. And I saw him, and his, the side of his face would swell up. Then his wife would come, pat it down, and then the other side would swell up. And I saw, like, it was like a rash all over his face. And upon awakening, I, I, listen to me, I had an alarm go off in my spirit. Like, what is this? An alarm, a quickening, prayer assignment, alert, 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 prayer alert. Prayer assignment. I sought for a man amongst them. It would stand in the gap. Put up the hedge. I need you to pray for this leader. I need someone to pray for him. And, 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 and just pray. That's all I knew. Pray. It was an alert. An alert. How many of you have ever had alerts? Don't ignore the alerts. You could abort death. You could abort destruction. You could abort calamity. You could abort a lot of things. Because prayer opens up the door for God to work. Satan desires to have people that he may sift them, take them out. He wants to kill, steal, destroy. But the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Just like we were talking about 
with John Ramirez this morning. He said there's no accomplishment when people were praying in that neighborhood. So I put my kids on the bus because you can have a burden of prayer and carry it like right here. You, you just you just carry it. It's a, a love. It's a grieving. It's a knowing. It's a it's just you don't know how to explain it. You just know that you know that you know you got something on the inside that needs to be prayed out. So I put the kids on the bus, you know, and the minute I hit the floor and went into my prayer room, the burden intensified. So what did you do? Well, I didn't know what to do. What do you do when you don't know how to pray? What would you do? When I don't know how to pray and I don't know what's going on because we know in part we prophesy in part. Some things are a mystery to us, and we only have a sentence or a word of knowledge. Not the whole thing, not the whole story. We have a word. That's why as people of prayer, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. So I got into prayer. When I hit my knees and I started to pray, I started praying in tongues. I didn't know what that dream meant. I personally am not a dream interpreter. But I didn't know what the dream meant, so I started praying in tongues. The more I prayed in tongues, the more I prayed in tongues. And the more I prayed in tongues, the more I prayed in tongues. I couldn't stop praying in tongues. It was like a gusher. I disconnected from my head. I was yielding to the inside of me. John 7:38. out of your innermost being flows rivers of living water. Here's another one. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all where? The inward parts of the belly. So out of here, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. What is it then? It's my spirit that prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So the more I prayed in tongues more the burden intensified. The more I prayed in tongues, the more I needed to pray in tongues. I couldn't get away from it. I had to pray in tongues. I had to get it out. Listen to me. Pastor talked about travail. I had to get it out. There was something in me that had to be born. Something in me had to come forth. Something in me I was contending for. I am the house of prayer. The burden is within the human being. It's not necessarily that God dwells with temples made with hands. He dwells on the inside of you and I because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. You know what the beauty of it is? Those kids aren't even upsetting the anointing on me at all. It's so strong in here. But... I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I yield. I will pray. I didn't have to pray. I could have said, you know what? I need a new outfit. I want to go to the mall. No, 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 no. For me to live is Christ. He ever lives to make intercession through us. He is in us. He needs to be loosed and let go. And so, I mean, our Let's see, we put the kids on the bus. You know how it is. You have kids, 8.30. Well, we're going to get back to that in Jesus' name. 
8.30. That day will come, moms. I crown each and every one of you who are homeschooling your children. I was telling your pastors I couldn't get back past the fourth grade math. And now they're saying it's second grade. Well, here we go. But anyway, 8.30, 9.30. And I'm only telling you this to teach you, not to brag. 8.30, 9.30, 10.30, 11.30. I usually eat my first meal about 11.30. I was hungry. And I was like, I want to eat. So I stood up and I went downstairs, made oatmeal, put my olive oil in it because that's how I eat it. A little bit of salt, ate my oatmeal, went back up the stairs into my prayer room and it intensified again. Spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. When I yielded to the inside, it, it, it just, it was like it got bigger and bigger. So I prayed in tongues, prayed in tongues. Now I'm crying. Now I'm groaning. Now I'm yielding, and I am in a place where there's no thought of self. Listen, I was more conscious of the, what was happening in here than I was in all of this out here. It's like this. Any of you that have ever preached, like we preach, I get into this zone like I have been this morning and tonight, and I am only speaking out of my spirit. My head is here and I can think, but I'm coming, whatever is in me is coming up out of me. So it's like, it could be like that in prayer. You could be more anointed or less anointed to preach and operate like this. And you can also be more anointed and less anointed to pray. Either way, it works. It's just really fun when you're anointed to pray. I like that. And I press into that. And I'll tell you what's been happening to the intercessors. I don't know if you're live streaming this or recording this or not. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of the people of prayer, that they've laid down their mantles because it seems like that anointing has, has lifted and has shifted. And it's because we've been distracted. And people have been in their heads, and it grieves the spirit, and it's, it's causing a disconnect. For example, I could have, I have all these notes. I could have said, I'm going to go, I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to stick with my notes. I'm going to use my notes. There's, it's not to say we can't do that. But when the anointing's not there to flow in that, you better yield because you'll see greater results. So anyway, 11.30, I ate 15 minutes to eat, then... 12.30, 1.30, about 2.30. Now, how are you praying? I didn't know how to pray. I was praying in tongues. Groaning, Romans 8, 28. Tears. And I was like, I could see his face, and I knew it was for him. He was the prayer focus. And then all of a sudden, I entered into tongues and interpretation of tongues in prayer. You can have that happen to you. And I found myself, say found myself. I found myself, came up out of my spirit with long life. I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. And that came up out of my spirit in interpretation to my tongues. And I was like, that's a clue to the mystery that I've been praying about. And I knew, whoa, devil's trying to kill him. What do you mean after all those hours? Yeah. 
But I was praying that thing through. I don't understand everything about the spirit. Do you? I don't get it. I honestly, God, don't get it. What I do know is this. The devil does not understand tongues. My friend wrote a book by Don Allen wrote a book. Seven days. Keep that music going. Seven days with a witch. And she got born again and saved. And she started telling the secrets to the kingdom of darkness. Eventually, yeah, I got to be honest, the family took her out. But one of the things she said when she was still alive is that when the believers, Christians, prayed in tongues, they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know what to do with it. It confused them. It confused their spells. They said, we know all the languages of the world. They said, but we don't understand. We don't know what to do with that. One time I gave a word of prophecy and it confirmed to me, and I didn't know it until it came out of my mouth. When you pray in the spirit, it demolishes the works of darkness. They don't know what to do with it. Because tongues can be used to edify. Tongues can be used in worship. But tongues in intercession is a whole different flow. They don't know what to do with it. He that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. He makes intercession according to what? The will of God. And let me tell you, you remember when you first got filled with the Holy Spirit? I know for me, I was saying some things in English. And the last English word I said was, God, you're so outrageous. Because I was trying to think of a big word that would describe him. And then, and then I went off into tongues. Because tongues supersedes Anything you could ever think of in your head. And it goes beyond English, beyond any big word that you could think of. And listen to me, please. It accomplishes more than what we could think, ask, hope, dream, or desire in our human mind. So about 2.30, I found myself quoting Psalm, that scripture from Psalms 91. And I got it. Devil's trying to kill him. And, and I kept praying, kept praying. Now I started feeling, sensing, not feeling, sensing a breakthrough, a breakthrough, a breakthrough, a breakthrough, a breakthrough. And I felt something breaking, like in here. Not for me, because intercession isn't praying for yourself. It's praying for somebody else. And so I felt it breaking. And the, it was a breaking. Some things are better caught than taught. You remember the church services when people used to line up and pray in tongues and cry and weep before the porch and the altar? We're talking about the travail of intercession. Then they don't even want us to using tongues in church. Well, I'm telling you, God, there's going to come a, there's work. There's, it is the dawn of a new day. I saw in a vision, I was a, it was another one of these internal things, coming home from New York City, minding my own business, and I saw the East Coast, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, this, all this region, and I saw little pockets of light, little fires, and little, I believe there were houses of prayer and people and churches of prayer that God was raising up. So I don't even care. It's like we were saying this morning. It's the remnant. I'm going to be a remnant. And let me just say something, okay? I've paid a price to be the remnant. Because some people that should have been with me left me. 
and broke covenant and said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go hang on the boat. I'm going to go live my life. I'm going to go do my thing. For me to live is not for me. It's for Christ. And for the sake of Christ. So, all of a sudden, I'm feeling this breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And boom, start laughing. And I was like, yes, yes. And I was in the spirit. And I was talking to myself. I don't know if you guys ever do that. You guys ever do that? And I go, I got it. I got it. What did you get? I got the breakthrough. I got the break. You understand me. I know it. I got the breakthrough. And it was about 2.45, and the kids always come home. I always pick them up, even though it was a half a block away at the time. I would always drive and pick them up. They had to walk home a half a block. <laughs> and they, and they, my kids come into my office, which was my prayer room, and I looked at them, and I looked at them. I go, I got it. Because I didn't hear in the spirit. And, you know, you don't say hello. You're like, I got it. I just was in that zone. And they looked at me and go, what'd you get, Mom? Well, I'm happy you got it. Can we have a snack? Because the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit. It's foolishness to them. But the laws of the Spirit and the things of the Spirit don't match the laws of this world. So I never told this couple that. Because I was, I'm the kind of intercessor, I'm very private. The secret things belong to the Lord, and if he wanted me to tell, I didn't want to brag. See, I, the more faithful you are to keeping the secrets of God, the more he can trust you with his secrets. You know what, I got to tell you, you're not allowed to tell everything you know. And I'll be honest, any of you people out there that are prophetic, you're not even allowed to say everything you see, you bragger. And that's what's caused so much confusion in the body of Christ. Brother Hagen said, E. Hagen Sr., he said, there's things, he said, he says, I'm forbidden to talk about. And we used to be so frustrated because I went to the school back in the day, 76, 77, back in the day. And we'd come to service, and God said something to him, and then he'd just preach on faith. And we'd be like, why didn't you tell us? He wasn't released to tell it. He wasn't allowed to brag. So I kept it quiet. About three months later, I had a conversation with this ministry leader. And he told me when he was in Florida that he was bit by fire ants. And he's highly allergic. And they put him in the hospital and he was on his way out. Well, what do you think that was? I believe. How many times have we missed God? I believe that the Lord knew that I was going to be home. I was going to be an intercessor because I was in a season of a lot of praying at that time. And he knew that he could find somebody to get that stuff off of him and pray him through to victory. Break the power of death. I don't even know how to explain how it all works. I just know his life was spared. Right. 
Here's an interesting thing about that. I was going to tell that story on a Facebook Live. And I was going to talk about prayer for the ministry leader and how important it is. I did the live about 7 o'clock. About 4 o'clock, I got a text message. Pastor so-and-so went home to be with the Lord. This was like years later after that prayer assignment. So-and-so went home to be with the Lord. I was the first of three people to know. Not even his closest, you know, I didn't have contact with him like (laughs) some of the people that surrounded him that were can't even. Got to watch who surrounds you. Not everybody's got pure motives. Sometimes the good ones, they never tell you. They never tell you. They're just faithful. They're just true. They're loyal. They pray in secret. Four o'clock, he went home to be with the Lord. I was literally thinking about him all day. Literally going to tell that story. It was about prayer alerts and prayer assignments. And I said to God, I said, what? His wife was at the church. His wife was the only day she wasn't home. He was home alone. She found him. Nobody had a prayer alert. Nobody had a prayer assignment. Nobody had nothing. Not a dream, not a vision, not a word, not an unction. No nada, no nothing. What is that? I don't know. Secret things belong to the Lord. To everything there is a season, a time and a purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Who understands everything in the heart of God? All I know is you get a prayer assignment, yield to it. Someone's life may be at stake. Mm-hmm. That was a good teaching. So I'm going to close with, well, maybe. We're going to pray for kids. I want to say this. We go back to spiritual imagination and God correcting me. So stand in there. Remember, we prayed for Justin. Jesus is standing right here next to me. And we were shoulder to shoulder. He was right connected to my shoulder. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over the little. God said, I'm going to give you much more. There's so much more to come. You've been praying and you've been asking and seeking and faithful, you and your family and your wife, your whole family ministry. And, you know, you don't know it, but Jesus is right there, shoulder to shoulder with you. Times you didn't even feel him and you're standing right there, standing behind you, standing ahead of you when you needed him to go before you, prepare the way, standing next to you. He's always been there. Well done. Keep on keeping on. Here it is again. Though the vision tarry, (laughs) wait for it. It will surely come to pass. It will speak. You know, it's like that old story, you know, you see it like in the bookstores. It's kind of a religious thing, but it's really true. At times you don't feel Jesus. You know, it's the footprints in the sand. He carries you. There's really two feet footprints because those are the times I carried you. So he's standing shoulder to shoulder with me. This time he wasn't, wait a second, he was on my right side, not my left. See, I like to be accurate. He was right here on my right side. 
I think that's all symbolic, right? The right, the left, who knows? I've heard from prophetic people. <laughs> the right hand, this, that. He was right here, and he wasn't the Jesus I taught. Kind of feminized him. He was a Jesus I'd never seen before. The eyes of our understanding, Father, open up our eyes that we may see. He was puffed up. Mighty man of war. Looked like he'd been in the gym. His muscle, powerful, strong, mighty. He had a crown on his head. And I, when I would picture Jesus, you know, I worship you. I'd picture, you know, like a Miss America crown. You know, like a tiny little flimsy little crown. Do you know that the crown that he had on his head when he was standing next to my right shoulder, it was a crown about this thick, solid gold, huge crown on his head. This is no joke. And he had all these jewels and emeralds. That thing was heavy. And the Lord corrected me. He said, you don't see me like that, but you need to see me like that. I'm not just a man of peace and a man of love and compassion. And I went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. My father was with me. He was doing the works. I fed the 5,000. I fed the children. He said, but I'm also a man of war. And I have come to bring vengeance on my enemies, says the Lord. And to everything there is a season and a time and a purpose under heaven. And there is going to be a season of war, warring in prayer. When we go after it and we have the full armor of God and the enemy doesn't see you and I, he sees that resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, my friends, he is afraid of him. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose triumphant and victorious. Listen, and he spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He's a man of war. That was a good teaching. Did you record that? That'd be a good podcast. If we're not careful, we will lose the art of intercession. I want to pray for our children. I was going to do something different, but it didn't go that way. You know, and I'm going to pray. And let me tell you something. When I pray, I know my prayers work. I have a lot of faith. I think I have a gift of something. I know that when we pray this and you pray it and you come into agreement, it's going to work. Listen, I prayed for my kids their whole life. I laid hands on them at night when I was exhausted. You have three kids in one year and see how tired you are. One baby, that's a lot. Two babies, that's major. Three kids, babies, all in one year, I was tired. But I didn't care. I laid hands on them at night. I prayed over them. Prayed for their destiny. Prayed for their purpose. Prayed for the hand of God. Prayed that they'd get the right friends. Prayed that anything that was not planted by God in their life would be uprooted. Because our calling, and the men, they don't give birth, but our calling 
as mothers and fathers is not just to give birth to them in the physical, but it's to give birth to them in the spirit, their plan, the purpose and the destiny for their lives. And as far as I know, from talking to a lot of you after the service, the enemy's really doing a lot, a number in schools when it comes to our kids. And we need to stand up for them. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do while I pray. I'm going to pray in English. First Corinthians 14, 14 says, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. While I pray in English, I'm asking you to pray in tongues. Listen, you don't have to scream in tongues. <laughs> okay? You could pray quietly under your breath in tongues, and it still opens up the, God, for the door for God to work. Now, remember this when we do that. It says, when you pray in the spirit, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit, because he makes intercession according to the will of God. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying according to what? The will of God. What does 1 John 5, 14 say? Can anybody quote it? It says, and this is the confidence, confidence, confidence. I don't know what I'm praying when I pray in tongues. I have no confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. What? That if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know. What do we know? We have the petitions we desire of him. You know, the devil doesn't want you to pray in tongues over your kids. Well, I just don't understand what I'm saying. No, the Bible says you're not going to understand what you're saying. Living Bible says when I pray in tongues, I don't understand what I'm saying. Literally says that in the Living Bible. Makes it very simple. You don't understand what you're saying. Let me ask you something. Do you know everything about your kids and their future and their destiny and what they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do? We don't. But you know who does know? God knows. Because I'll tell you what. Before he ever formed them in your womb, he knew them. They came right from the heart of God. And he planted them in your womb. You were chosen to be that child's parent. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, I think it's three, that he has put within them eternity or destiny in their hearts. So the purpose and the destiny and the plan of God for their lives is already on the inside of them. So when we pray in tongues for our kids, we're praying according to the will of God. I don't know what I'm praying. Get over it. You, we're control freaks. We want to know. You don't know. You don't know. So I think sometimes if we knew, we'd get involved. Praying over your children is never wasted time. You, whatever you sow, you reap. All the kids, I had three in one year, all their friends all came to my house. And they called me Godmother, so on and so forth. You could see the difference between the parents that raised their kids in the things of God and prayed over their kids and the kids that didn't. Whatever a man sows, 
that shall he also reap. Did you know that your prayers are eternal? In one of my books, in one of the forewords, I said, I dedicate this to my children. And I don't know what else I said. I said, long after I've left this earth, my prayers are still going to continue to avail much for you. I am leaving a legacy of prayer over my children. You may not see everything you prayed for for your children and your grandchildren now, but when you're in heaven, those prayers are eternal. Just like the prayers of Jesus in the Bible, they're still being activated. Ooh, glory to God. I'm too tired to pray for my kids. You can't, guys, you can't afford to be. This generation is depending on us. Lastly, I remember when the 9-11 happened. This guy over here, there's some things that went on. He, he wasn't even born yet that I was talking about. What's that all about? Oh, the 81, when Brother Kenneth Hagin prophesied, he goes, I wasn't even born. I'm like, what? I go, I'm 24 years older than you? Oh, my God. But how many of you remember the 9-11? My kids said to me that day, Mommy, I thought you told us that would never happen in our nation. And I said, I was wrong. And, you know, I have to be honest. Since the 9-11, things have just escalated. Are you a he or a she or a we or a they or a what? There's so much confusion. But where sin abounds, God has a secret. God has a plan. Grace does so much more abound. You think about the plan of redemption. You know, you think, I did a study one time. I did this study. I think it was unstoppable. It was the conference. And I, I was thinking about the plan of redemption and all the imperfect people God used and how all the whole threat started in Genesis and, and how all these imperfect people and how there were so many different parts and moving parts and pieces to the puzzle. But at the very end, Jesus came, born of a virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he rose again from the dead, seated at the right hand of God the Father. It all happened. God's got everything. He has everything under control as long as we yield to him. All right. You're going to pray in tongues, and I'm going to pray in English. This prayer is a long one. But this prayer was given to me by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer. It came to me. It was poured into me. And you could sit while I pray, pray this, and I'm going to ask you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Can you do that? It'll make a good practice. And when I pray this prayer... I'm going to say, Father, I pray for our children and our grandchildren. If you, under your breath, want to name all the kids that are in your sphere of influence, then you do that. Otherwise, we've got it all covered. Those of you that are listening online, pray with me. But 
this is like a, a pre-planned prayer. Really? Well, so is Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and all these prayers that we pray. This is the same thing. This word, most of 99% of it's the word. It's not going to return void. <laughs> Are you listening? So let's pray. You start praying in tongues. I'm going to wait till I hear you praying in tongues. There you go. There you go. Father, I pray for our children, our grandchildren, all the children that are in our sphere of influence, in my sphere of influence, in my friend's sphere of influence, in the sphere of influence, Father, online. Father, I pray that these children, these young people, that every age from infancy all the way up to whatever age they are, I pray that they would be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in their inner being by the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that Christ through faith, would actually dwell, settle down, and abide, make his permanent home in their hearts. May they be rooted deeply in love, love, and founded securely on love, so that they may have the power and the strength to grasp the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? I pray that these children our grandchildren, all the children in this sphere of influence, and those that are listening online, I pray that they would really come to know practically through experience for themselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere human knowledge and reasoning. I pray that they would be filled through all their being with all the fullness of God and have the richest measure of your divine presence. I pray that they would be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pray that they would walk worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing you and fruitful in every good work. May they increase in the knowledge of you and be strengthened with all might according to your glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.